0: This is Joshua Bell with The Kilt and the Cloth. This was my sermon from September 5th. I hope you enjoy, and God bless. Uh, So, my scripture this morning is taken from Proverbs chapter 22. and, And it's not that we're skipping around, you see, but it's a part of what we call the lectionary text for the day. And it just happens to skip around on Proverbs chapter 22. But before I begin reading it, I want to talk a little bit about how Proverbs came into being. Because I think a lot of times that we automatically, when we read the Bible, we have a tendency to start at Genesis. And then by the time we get to Numbers, we, we get frustrated and give up. And, and uh, because, I, I mean, I've spent a lot of my life in School, And I will tell you that even as I study the books in Hebrew, I get to numbers and I skip it. I, I just, uh, it's not because I don't find any value in it. It's just that it gets frustrating to me. So that by the time I get to Proverbs, which is what most people do read, because it does make you feel good because you could read one or two verses and be okay for the day. I used to tell youth group kids that when you when you start reading the Bible, Start with Psalms or Proverbs. Proverbs probably more because you could read a couple of statements and then off you go. And then I would say later on in life that it's Proverbs was probably could have been written by Yoda because they have Yoda-like statements that change your life forever. But in the same idea, it's these deep words of wisdom that give us comfort in the days ahead. So here now, Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1 through 2, 8 through 9, and 22 through 23. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches. And favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail. Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Do not rob the poor, because they are poor, or crush the afflicted at the gate. For the Lord pleads their cause and despoils of life those who despoil them. May God bless the reading of this small section of scripture. Amen. Proverbs is one of those great things in the sense that it gives us a sense of comfort and then it gives us a challenge. Always. It's always back and forth. So if you read chapter 22 verse 1, you've got to read verse 2. It just kind of does that. So you've got the light and the dark, good and the bad. They always kind of work together. Now, sometimes it's not just one verse. It's sometimes it's three verses and then you've got three more verses that you've got to read. But the point of it is, is it's designed in such a way that you could get bits and pieces and disseminate them on your own time. Let me give you an example. In Oklahoma, we have our own proverbs. Everyone knows that when you cook raccoon, you have to cook it in such a way that you know that it's super greasy, right? And that it's only what kind of meat? Dark, I didn't even have to say, somebody did it for me, because we know better. And everybody knows that if you want to get good frog legs, you go to Lake Eufaula, not Lake Texoma. Right, it's, these are statements, these are pearls of wisdom. You start to look at these things and you start to hear our own language coming through this, this moment. <laughs> One of the, my favorite proverbs about growing up in Oklahoma is, if you don't like the weather, <laughs> yeah, that's right. The time always changes, but wait five or ten minutes. You know, we've, we've got it. We've got our own proverbs in our life. And we talk about them all the time, and we don't ever really think about it, in the sense of these are lifelong learned lessons, to make light of a hard situation. In verses one through two, the the writer is wanting you to understand that it that money is not the goal. Humanity is. You get this from right there at the beginning in verse two where it says, the rich and the poor have this in common, that the Lord is the maker of them all. There's a connection that takes place there, you see. It's supposed to be in such a way that brings us together. It's the first pearl redefines greatness. The second, reminding us that we have all come from the same place. You are all born in the eyes of God. Then, we have the problem. And I'm going to go back to 22, verse 23, and then come back to 8 and 9. You see, it starts off with saying, if we are the same, Then why would you rob the poor or crush the afflicted at the gate? For the Lord pleads their cause and despoils of life those who despoil them. And this is hard. My Sunday school class, just a few moments ago, was talking about this in great depth. How do we know who is the poor? How are we supposed to take care of our Christian brothers and sisters and even those that are not? Especially when the Lord pleads for them. For us in Christianity, one of the things that we talk about all the time is is that we are to give with the right hand so the left hand doesn't know what we're giving. We are to take care of one another. And as I was talking about in Sunday school, and it's important to point out that Jesus is talking about a world that one could dream of existing. Imagine what it would be like if every human being worried about the other human being more than what everybody else was thinking about them. That looked past their outward appearance. When I was growing up in church, it wasn't always the case, but I remember the dress code conversations. And I remember one of the most beautiful conversations that my dad ever had with somebody in the church is this, this older gentleman, and he comes to my dad and says, you know what, preacher, I'd show up on Sunday, but I only have two pairs of overalls. The ones that I'm going to be buried in and the ones that I work in and the T-shirts that I wear under those overalls are older than you are so if you want to see me in church preacher you guys got to get rid of the dress code and he says if i do come to church i need people to understand that i've just come off the field and i've been taking care of cattle all morning and it's probably not going to be a a pleasant smelling experience either now I'm making it nicer than what he said. It was a lot more colorful. Which, of course, as a child, I was completely glued to. And then I remember my dad just saying, you know, it's funny. is just that my family grew up working on farms, too. And they had the exact same problem until they had to build the church with their bare hands. And you know what's funny? Nobody paid attention if they wore a tie or not. We'd love to see you here. See my dad and I and I and I'm probably exaggerating a little bit. My dad wasn't worried about the attendance or the people in the pews. You see, he was trying to make sure that this person recognized and felt the presence of God beyond what everybody else saw. He wanted them to feel loved. Do not rob the poor because they are poor or crush the afflicted at the gate. It's like kicking someone when they're down. It's like when somebody has passed away and you say stuff to them in such a way that says, well, you know, if they should have done this or if they had have done that. Man, what an awful thing to say. Or when somebody has a, horrific, traumatic event in their life, and we automatically start to fill in the blank for them. Well, what you should have done is. That doesn't bring people closer to Christ. It pushes them further away. And then we get to verses 8 and 9. Whoever sows injustice will reap calamity, and the rod of anger will fail Those who are generous are blessed, for they share their bread with the poor. Now here's the part I want us to get out of today's message. He's not talking just about food. You remember the phrase, you reap what you sow? It's also biblical. You see when we talk about feeding people, we're not talking just about food and money. We're talking about a sense of the the divine. You are feeding people so that they can feel the presence of the divine. It becomes your job. No, your mandate. Since that word gets thrown around a lot. It becomes your mandate to be the image of Christ. You don't get to choose who your neighbor is because all of those that are drawing breath are children of God. You are to feed them. The addict, the alcoholic, the criminal, the homeless, the politician, These are all children of God, you see. And you know what what this really means? is, is, It's saying that when we don't do those things, when we don't share the bread with the poor, we have failed. Because our job is to make sure that somebody feels the presence of God. You know what the hardest part has been in ministry? The hardest part that I have found being in ministry is, is that when I come to those moments in people's existence where a traumatic event has happened and yet the only people that they find are that small sphere of influence because somehow the church has either pushed them away or we haven't reached out to them. And when this traumatic event happens, they feel like they're all alone. Man, we have to do better. We have to get beyond the aspect of feeding ourselves. We have to get beyond this idea that whatever happens here is perfect as long as they come to our table. If they come to our table, they'll get fed until they can't get any more. But that's not what the Proverbs are saying, and that is not what Jesus is telling you. Jesus says to go out into the world feeding the hungry. And he's not talking just about food We want to feed all of those people because we are the image of Christ and we have been fed our fill so that no one, no one, whether it's a traumatic or even a beautiful event, ever feels alone or detached from that love of God through Jesus Christ. You know the hardest part about this is that we think that we have to have the right words, that we think we have to have pearls of wisdom, something that's so poetic and beautiful that it comes from the book of Proverbs. (laughs) And I would tell you that that's a lie. Sometimes you can feed people by just being present. Sometimes you can feed people by just saying, "I, I just don't have words. I can't take away your pain, I can't fix it, but I'm here." Sometimes pearls of wisdom fall out of your eye holes, and they look like tears. I don't know why people have such a problem with crying. Do you think that if we weren't supposed to cry that God would have given us tear ducts? I think those moments are exactly what Paul talks about. When that, when we have nothing else to give, God gives us the spirit of God. And that spirit is an emotional one. And pearls of wisdom fall from our face so hard sometimes that our head hurts the next day. And why do we have those tears? Because it gives us joy and comfort. And it helps ease some of the grieving through the sobs and the weeping that comes from our souls. You don't have to say words or give pearls of wisdom to feed others. Sometimes, sometimes you find yourself saying, I have no words to give you. But you know what I'm really good at? really good at giving hugs. And I can't fix any of these things, but I can give you a hug and, and, and I, I'm not going to fix it. But you know, you give hugs. Why? Because those hugs are an extension of the love that you have for human beings. Sometimes they become pearls of wisdom that you don't even recognize. All you know is, is that you don't have the right words, but you can add the actions. Now we live in a world that hugs are a little scary. But sometimes, sometimes those pearls of wisdom come in just a handshake or just sitting there. The church has to do better. The church lifted up the poor in the Christian communities and made them esteemed. God is, does not care about your wallet or what's in your bank account. God cares about how you take care of your Christian brother or sister. And your pearls of wisdom sometimes, always, really, should be about lifting people up rather than knocking people down. So our goal as we leave this place and as we come that as we continue our worship services to continue to find ways that we can lift our voices up in such a way that honors God in ways of pearls of wisdom again some might be physical some might be silent some might be actual pearls of wisdom falling from your face but in those moments we have the opportunity to feel the presence of God as if it's a magical hug. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.